offering, give him a good one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Reading from Acts chapter 3, verse 4. Acts chapter 3, verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Praise God. Look at us. Father, we give you glory and honor for it belongs to you, Lord. We thank you for your word, for you're going to speak into our lives. We pray that your word will become alive and it will bring forth the kind of change, transformation, and deliverance that is needed in our lives. We thank you for the power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We exalt your name, which is above all other names. Release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name, we bind every resistance and every critical spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. Today's message is titled, Look at Us. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Well, if you have to tell your neighbor, look at us, there has to be a unison. It has to be more than one person telling the next one, look at us. Amen. Praise God. You know, we live in a world, in a culture where there is so much being said about gaps. About what? Gaps. Generational gaps. Gaps between each generation. And at times... Those gaps intimidate us. It puts fear in us. It makes us feel as if the future looks bleak and hopeless. Praise God. That's the generational gap. But the God that we serve, the Bible says, He is our dwelling place from one generation to another. So regardless of what generation you fall under, praise God. When it comes to God and the provision of God, we have one God from one generation to another and He is our dwelling place. And if we position ourselves under Him, in Him, with him, regardless of what generation you fall under, you cannot be away from the umbrella that God puts over you. You just have to make sure that you have made God your dwelling place. And you have made your children, your children have made God their dwelling place. And each generation will make God their dwelling place. 
and it is our responsibility that we transmit those faith values into the next generation so they stay under the same God. Praise God. That's the generational gap. One that there is something called the credibility gap. What is the credibility gap? Hmm? You go to a courtroom, and one of the language, one of the terms that is used there is, the witness is not credible. In other words, what the witness says is there is no credibility to what the witness is saying. Praise God. So there are credibility gaps. And then there are something called the application gaps. What are the application gaps? The application gaps are simply put like this. The length of time between a discovery, a scientific discovery, and the application. That is the application gap. In other words, there is a scientific discovery and you put that scientific discovery into some kind of use or make it available for the people to tap into it and glean something out of it. That's what you call as an application gap. You know, the application gap over the course of the years have shrunk. In the past, when they found telegraph first, it took them 56 years to put it into a commercial use. When they found radio, it took them 35 years. When they took, when they found, when they discovered radar, it took them 12 years. When they, when they discovered the small transistor radios, it took them 5 years to put it into commercial use. But today, you and I live in a computer age where that gap has shrunk. We see the discoveries that are made. It is put into motion and the people benefit out of it. But when it comes to the church, there is something called the application gap. What is that? We hear from God's word. We learn from God's word. We teach from God's word. We preach from God's word. But when it comes to applying the truth of God's word, we lack behind. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all the creatures. And those who believe must be what? Those who believe will be? Huh? Huh? And what should be done after that? Those who believe must be baptized. Those who believe must be baptized. Now look at their application gap that takes place. Those who believe, those who acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ, they must be baptized according to the command, according to the Great Commission. But between the believing and the baptism, there is what? long gap that's what you call as the application gap God said when he was 10 and then was not ready and then he waited 2 years, 4 years, 6 years he got prompted by everybody else and then one fine morning one young man from your pew jumped up and said I'm getting ready to baptize oh my goodness the pressure was so much so I was sitting next to him I had to get up to no the Bible says the Bible says those who believe must be baptized. 
it has to go together but in the application gap what has happened is over the course of the years we have just put so much gap we take our time in applying what the scripture tells us to do that is the application gap praise the lord it takes us long time to apply what christ has already granted us now christ came to relieve mankind of their sin suffering meet all of their needs my god shall supply some of your needs is that what the word says my god shall supply all of your needs so christ came to meet our needs regardless of what realm they are in regardless of what realm they are in whether it is spiritual need physical need emotional need relational need financial need every kind of need is met through Jesus Christ because he's a source of all grace he's a source of all blessing he's a source of life he's a source of abundance he's a source of goodness praise god hallelujah we need to appropriate what has been accomplished on the cross to our needs by believing that Christ who gave himself up for us would not withhold any good thing praise god he who did not spare his only son with him would he not also give us everything that we need what does that got to do with the passage that we are talking about everything look as the seed unfolds Peter and John 3 in the afternoon they are going where to the temple to pray they're going together as they go together they see a layman who was born lame he was being carried to the to the entrance of the temple and he sits there and he asks for what alms The Bible says this man looks at Peter and John and expects something from him. And then Peter and John looks at them, at this man. And he says, and they said this. What does what do they say? Look at us. Beautiful. As this passage unfolds before us, we see two coming together. Going where? going into the house of god to pray and on their way they meet this layman i don't know how what do you do when you come to 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 the church well sometimes we get so focused that we don't want to be distracted we come straight we zoom take the lie or the northern state and we are here we don't like no no distractions at all we don't want to take no another route we have our route we have our direction and we want to just zoom past but these guys 
as they were ready to come into the temple, they saw this blind man, this lame man, sitting there with what? Looking at them for what? What were they looking for? Huh? Arms. Praise God. When you come into the house of God, you know, the psalmist has given us inspiration how we ought to come. How do we come into the house of the Lord? I will come into his house with what? How? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and enter his courts with praise. So imagine now, Peter and John, are they coming what? With thanksgiving in their heart. Their heart is bubbling. What do you think their heart might be bubbling with? Huh? Bubbling with what? What? What is the reason? What is the reason for the new Cadillac they got? No, of course not. There is so much to give thanks for. Their mouth is full of praise and they are coming. And look, there is an interruption. None of us like to be interrupted, right? No, none of us like to be interrupted. But Peter and John, they were interrupted. As they were ready to go and give praise and they were ready to pray and spend time with the Lord. We see that they were interrupted. Interruption is often a divine inspiration sent by the Lord to do something on his behalf. So the next time when you are interrupted. Instead of getting all upbeat and instead of getting all upset of being interrupted, look and see what God wants to do through that interruption that has come about in your life. Peter and John, they look at this guy who's looking at them with a great expectation. They are expecting alms. This man is expecting alms. Peter and John look at them, look, looks at him and tells him, look at us. Praise God. You know, as the passage unfolds, we see that the grace of God and the power of God is manifested there. You know, and we see that Peter is the spokesman. He was a spokesman at what? At the day of Pentecost as well. But we see that the others got up with them and together they proclaim the news and here even though they are tra they are they are going together they are united in purpose and they are united in action and here they are ministering together they are ministering what together they are saying to the slayman look at us praise the lord now what do they say what do they say? Look at us for what? You have a need. We're going to meet your need. This man is sitting at the temple gate. And probably his habit for years. For he was born lame and crippled. And it's probably been doing this for years. And they have chosen this place because the Jewish rabbis taught that three faiths of three pillars of faith being one Torah, the second one worship, and third was charity. And this man and the people who are involved in his life, they wanted to tap into the latter benefits 
that were going to come out of the people who were going to worship God. But little did he know that that particular day, the benefit that was going to flow into his life will change his life forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. When Peter and John says, look at us. They were directing the attention of this man to look at them as the representative of who? Of who? Jesus. Praise God. Who are we? Praise God. When we are going into the house of God to worship, we represent him. When we go back from worship, we represent him. When we are in the business field, we represent him. When we are at our homes, we, are, we represent him. When we are in our boardrooms, we represent him. When we are in our financial planning, we represent him. And Peter and John is saying, look at us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where did they get this pattern of, of going together? You know, Jesus sent them out what? Two by twos. Two by twos. And you see the apostles following that pattern. See, some of these patterns that are recorded in the Bible is so that we can glean out of it. And if you read the Bible and if you study the Bible, the Bible talks about the benefit of two being together. It not only shows united in action and purpose, that is the pattern that the Lord has set and that is the pattern that the Lord put into motion that even when the church was ready to send out missionaries, they sent out who? Barnabas and Paul as instructed by the Holy Spirit. Barnabas and Paul were sent out. Later on we see Paul and Silas. We see Barnabas and Mark. And so the pattern follows. The pattern given in the scripture. When it's followed. It brings nothing but blessings in our lives. Look what these guys are saying. So he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what, is, what I do have, I give you. What is the first thing that they say? After drawing this man's attention towards them, the first thing that they said was, it was not a disclaimer, but they were saying the fact. He says, listen guy, I'm asking you to look at us, but we want to let you know up front what we do not have. What we do not have. There ought to be no confusion. There ought to be no confusion about this matter. It has to be very clear what you are going to receive is not something that we have. We want to let you know first that you are expecting something from us. We want to let you know up front that we do not have. Praise 
We do not have what? What you're asking for. We don't have it. Hmm? It was a negative word that's coming from them, but they did not dwell on it. Some of us, we only sing one song. What is the theme of the song? What's the lyrics? We don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. Have no grace. We don't have no grace. We don't have no gifts. We don't have no tithes. We don't have no offerings. We have no commitments. We have no dedication. We have no love. It was a fact what they said that we do not have because this man was expecting handouts. He was expecting gifts. But what Paul, Peter and John was saying was, listen, we don't have what you think or what you are expecting from us. Praise God. But they did not stop there. They moved to the next realm. They said, but we do have something. Praise God. We do have something. What is it that we do have? It is what you really need is what we do have. See, this man thought that he just wanted a temporal relief. But Peter and John really realized what his true need was and he was telling them what you are expecting from us we do not have but what you really need we do have it with us folks there is a whole world that is crippled that is disabled that is dysfunctional around us there is a society that is dysfunctional there are families around us that are dysfunctional and they are looking at us for some kind of relief. And you and I ought to be candid in saying what we do not have and we have to be candid in saying what we do have. Praise God. We were in Haiti like one or two years ago, we were handing out tracks in the park. And as we were handing out the tracks in the park, you know, almost every one of them said, what is this? If you got some dollars, give it to us. You know, when you take into consideration the economic background there, you know, there's nothing wrong in what they were, but we were offering what? Something that's going to impact their eternity. But they were asking for what? Temporal handouts. The lame man wanted what? He wanted some gift. Peter and John said, listen, we don't have the gift, but we can give you the grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. What could Peter give? What can we give 
to a world, to a society that is crippled, that is disabled, that is dysfunctional, that is depressed, that is distrust. We can give them our concern. We can give them our willingness. We can give them our ear to willing to hear. And we can give them the grace of God. We can give them the power of God. Peter was willing. He was not bothered by the fact that he was interrupted. But rather he used that interruption as a sign from God to move into the life of this man and change his life once and for all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the greatest resources that the church has is two things. One is people, and number two is power. Praise God. People who are willing to serve. People who are willing to minister. People who are willing to give of their time. Give of their resources. Give of their energy. Give of their talents. Give of their abilities. It doesn't end there. The church or the people or the body of Christ is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can touch a crippled world that is around us and impart life of God into them. Praise God. How is it possible? It is possible because the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you and me. And you and I have been clothed with power. And those who are clothed with power can become a conduit, can become a channel whereby the grace and the power of God can flow into lives that are crippled and disabled. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The power with which we minister is not our power. It is not our personal power, but it is the power of the Spirit of God that resides within us. And as we yield ourselves to this power, as we become sensitive to the Spirit of God that resides within us, as we are led by the Spirit of God, as the Bible says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. If we, if we fall under the category of children of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. And that means it will meet the needs of the people around us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look what Peter and John is saying. We don't have what you think that, that what you're asking for, but we do have something. What is it that we have? In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Praise God. That is power in the name of Jesus. That is power in the name of Jesus. In the biblical sense, name is not just a label, but name is associated with a person. And this name of Jesus is an awesome name. It's a unique name. It's a one of a kind of a name. Praise God. It represents a person 
and is an extension of that person and being. If that's the case, the name of Jesus, hallelujah, it represents the name above all name. It represents Jesus, the Redeemer. It represents Jesus, the Healer. Jesus, the Deliverer. Jesus, the Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. To invoke the name of Jesus is to call, hallelujah, is to tap into the authority and the power that the Lord has given each and every one of us. Hallelujah. What can one attain from Jesus, from the name of Jesus? What can you attain from the name of Jesus? Everything. Salvation. And the Acts it's written what? There is only one name given under heaven on earth whereby men can be saved. It is the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. Today salvation, people have restricted salvation, only confined salvation, only to the forgiveness of sin. Come with me, church. We have confined salvation only to the forgiveness of sin. Is forgiveness of sin salvation? Yes, absolutely. In fact, the name of Jesus releases the power of God, setting the captives free, saving those who are unsaved, healing the sick, bringing forth deliverance. But salvation does not just simply mean forgiveness of sin. Praise God. There is more to it. There is more to the message of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. When Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 56, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. The word save in the original Greek language, the term this, that is used there is sozo. S-O-Z-O. Sozo. It refers specifically, number one, to the forgiveness of sin. Number two, deliverance from demons. Number three, affliction, deliverance from the affliction of, of, of any kind of ailment. Hallelujah. But we have confined it only to the experience of the forgiveness of sin. Praise God. Salvation means sozo, means what? Forgiveness of sin, the healing of diseases, and deliverance from the torment of any kind of demonic attack. That is what salvation is. And Jesus made the provision. Jesus has brought the provision that is needed to save the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. Look what John says in 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
and you see the works of the devil manifested in individual lives by tormenting them, by bringing them down into addiction, by bringing them down into various kind of emotional disturbances, all kinds of ailment and all kinds of tormenting that the devil puts. And the Bible says that Jesus came for what? He came so that he might destroy the work of the devil. Jesus came to dethrone and take out the influence of Satan from individuals' lives, from every arenas of our lives. Hallelujah. Today we see people getting saved. They raise their hands. They repeat a prayer. Nothing changes. No change. They are not established in the relationship with God. They are still under the same bondage. Still under the same oppression. Still under the same all issues of life. Still entangled by the bondage of Satan. And God wants us to experience salvation in every realms of our lives. Forgiveness of our sins. Praise God. Healing to our bodies. Praise God. Deliverance in every realms of our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I had a co-worker. Who was, who was a drunk. Who was a drug addict. Who was a kleptomaniac. Totally lost. But one day he met Jesus. He came under the power of God. Praise God. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. He started speaking in tongues. He gave his heart to Jesus. And every time, no matter where he walked, he showed that there was a great change. People who knew him from the past could not believe that it was the same person. There was this glow on his face. And there was a transformation in his life, in his lifestyle, in his walk, in his vocabulary. The way that he carried himself, there was a total change. And that is the kind of deliverance that salvation brings in a person's life. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, old Things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at this, what Peter and John did. said, look at us. We don't know, we don't have what you are asking for, but are we going to give you what we have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up. And look what the Bible says. Praise God. Look what the Bible says. <laughs> so he leaping up stood up and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping and praising God. What is it? Walking, leaping, praising God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look. When the Lord touched him, touched every area 
of his life. Walking, he was physically healed. Leaping, he was emotionally healed. Praising, he was spiritually healed. Praise God. Healing flow into the realms of this man. Body, soul, and spirit. And God wants us to experience that kind of deliverance in our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Not just one area, but every area of our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. What has transpired to the churches? The churches are full of unbelieving believers. What is it? Unbelieving believers. They have the title that they are believers, but they don't believe nothing. They were there when Jesus was around too. And there is another class of people. They are the believing unbelievers. Believing unbelievers. The sight of Phoenician woman was a believing unbeliever. The centurion was a believing unbeliever. We have to change from being an unbelieving believer to a believing believer. Believe what? Believe what Jesus says. Believe in the name of Jesus. Believe in the grace of God. Believe in the power of God. Believe in the resurrection power of God. Believe in the spirit of God that abides within us, that allows us to live a victorious life. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, what we can't, normally we take the cop-out route. What is the cop-out route? Well, what is the easiest thing? Preach Jesus and let everybody raise their hands and say that they are saved and that's the end of it. As far as the physical need is concerned, as far as the emotional need is concerned, everything is still a need. And some are still trapped for years and some for lifelong. Praise God. But the Lord has equipped the church, praise God, to give to the world not what they expect, but what they need. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do not measure the word of God with your experience. What did not transpire in your life does not make the word of God null and void. The words of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the power of the Spirit of God is true even today. And those who make themselves available 
to God to work through, God will work through them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is time to shift from being an unbelieving believer to a believing believer. Praise God. When God does something in your life, you should be willing to rise up and tell the world what God has done in your life so that there will be faith imparted into the lives of people. Praise God. We hide our testimonies. We hide our deliverances. We get sick, nobody knows. We get healed, nobody knows. We get trapped in the web, nobody knows. God delivers us. Nobody knows. Praise God. If the Lord has delivered you, if the Lord has healed you, it's time to declare the praises of him who has set you free. You know what the first thing the man did? The man leaping and jumping went into the house of God, praising God. Hallelujah. How can you not praise God when God changes your status? It's not something that you hide, but it is something that's worth proclaiming. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to step out. Step out of our lethargic zone. Step out of our comfort zone. And believe God's word for what it is. Believe what Jesus has said about you and me. Do you believe what Jesus has said about you? Who are you? You are the ambassadors of Christ. We are his heralds. If that's so, if that's how it is, we have to represent him in every realms of our lives. Praise God. Peter and John discern the need of this man. Praise God. And told him in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Praise God. We're going to rise up before the Lord. We're going to pray now. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is provision that the Lord has made through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. God wants you and me to be healed. Healed spiritually. Healed emotionally. Healed physically. He wants us to experience healing in every realms of our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. This morning, the power of Jesus, the resurrected, the resurrection power of Jesus is in the house this morning. Praise God. Can you trust Him to bring forth a change, a deliverance, a transformation in your life? Maybe you've been praying for somebody for a long time. Praise God. And you have not seen
the work of God in their lives. This morning, can you believe in the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus? We are going to pray in Jesus' name. Praise God. In this house, if there is anybody that will say that you are physically afflicted, I want you to raise your hands up. If you're going through an emotional disturbance and you need deliverance, lift your hands up. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're going through a relational crisis in your life and you need deliverance, lift your hands up. Praise God. One hand lifted up to heaven. The other hand, if it's a physical ailment, I want you to play, put it, place it in the area that you are physically afflicted. Place it. Come on. Praise God. One hand lifted up to heaven. The other one. Praise God. Place it in the area of your weakness. In the area of your affliction. In the area of your sickness. In the area of your shortcoming. We're going to pray together. Praise God. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Rika manahasandala rabaushaya. Rika siandala rabaushika nahandula rabausa. Rika siandala rabausika niandala rabaushaya. Rika skeno rika tori basiko niandala raba. Dival kama nagasiya raba nagadala baushandala. In the name of Jesus, the name above all other name. In the name of Jesus, the name above all other name. We rebuke every physical affliction. We rebuke every demonic attack. Disturbances. We rebuke every affliction in the name of Jesus. Shikama na hasandala rabusha, rikama na hasandala rabusha, rusas ke na hakuri andala rabo, rike sekoni andala rabo, rishas ke noria satoni andala rabo. In Jesus' name, there is healing. In Jesus' name. What has been accomplished on the cross of Calvary, we apply it to our need right now. Praise God. If you are watching us on the live stream and you are struggling with an issue, I want you to place your hands upon that area that you're afflicted. If you're praying for your children, you lay your hands upon your children of the earth here. We're going to pray for you. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Your word says, you will send your word and heal them. And we pray in the name of Jesus, the word that runs swiftly will run 
run and bring forth healing in the emotional arena, in the physical arena, in the spiritual arena, in Jesus' name. May the power of the name of Jesus be manifested. May testimonies of the glory of God be exhibited. Father, we will be careful to give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray.